You're listening to The Marn Report. Hey, hey, Fort Stewart. I'm Kevin Larson coming at you with this week's Marn Report, again on location from somewhere in Fort Stewart's training area where you can possibly hear the snap, crackle, and pop of a prescribed burn behind me. I'm joined by Brian Whitmore from the Fort Stewart Forestry Branch, and I'm also joined by James Furman from the U.S. Forest Service, not Forestry Service. Don't make that mistake. I did once and got corrected. But gentlemen, it's good to have you here on location at where are we exactly on Fort Stewart? How close are we to Glenville? We are at uh, Training Area Echo 11. We're approximately three miles from Glenville, Georgia. And what are we seeing here, James? What's going on here as far as it's a big science project with more than 100 scientists coming here to see how we burn at Fort Stewart? Yeah, well, Fort Stewart has such a great prescribed fire program. There's a big push with all the agencies, including the U.S. Forest Service, to increase prescribed burning. So scientists are here really looking at how Fort Stewart is doing it and working to develop even better planning tools for other prescribed burners. So, Brian, we are one of the lead burn programs in the nation, in DOD. Have you gone to other places to teach people how to burn? Have people other than the Forest Service come here to learn how to burn? Yes, Kevin. So we are the largest burn program in DOD, um, and every year we host several other prescribed burners from across the the, in, the United States from other installations. They come here to learn the tactics and tools um, that we use to be so successful. Fantastic. And James, share with me some of the projects that are being worked on here today. What are some of the things folks are looking at? Oh, wow. I mean, we've got folks from something like 20 different states and some international folks. Got one guy that flew in all the way from Spain to be here. Uh, we've got folks that are studying smoke, uh, not only you know how it how it lifts, how it's tied into the fire behavior on the ground, but also tracking smoke at night. We've got NASA here. Uh, we've got uh, folks from University of Iowa with the uh, Nighthawk uh, Bonanza uh, aircraft that they're using for measuring not only the the fire behavior and smoke today, but also tonight they'll be tracking. They've got some kind of uh, sensors that can actually uh, track smoke at night to see how it goes and, and again tying that back into these uh, next generation fire behavior and, and smoke models for improving fire management. Absolutely fascinating. I always enjoy coming out into the woods with you guys and, and seeing this stuff up close and personal. I mean it's an important thing and why it's important we'll tell you that right after we come back from this short break. In the coming months you might hear a lot of noise coming from Fort Stewart as our brigades go into ranges for gunnery. Cold weather and overcast skies can tend to amplify the noise. Don't worry, that's just the sounds of freedom. If you have any concerns about noise, please feel free to call 210-9375. And we're back with the Marn Report again on location in Fort Stewart's training area. We're looking at a prescribed burn behind us. You can hear the snapping and crackling of the ground cover burning. That's exactly what he wanted to do. I'm joined by Brian and James. Brian is from Fort Stewart and James is from the U.S. Forest Service. Brian, why is prescribed burning important for Fort Stewart Hunter Army Airfield? Thanks, Kevin. That's a great question. So prescribed burning is crucial to sustain the military training mission here in Fort Stewart. Um, our prescribed burns help manage the endangered species um, so that military training can continue uninterrupted. Uh, additionally, when we prescribe burn, it mitigates the fuel in the, the ranges and training areas so that when the military is training and they're firing live fire munitions, um, they, do, they do not create wildfires, which would also interrupt their military training mission. 
So it comes down to readiness. I mean, we're burning first and foremost for the soldier, and then it has good ramifications for red-cockaded woodpecker, indigo snake, longleaf pine. We're recreating that ecosystem that existed before this was turned into farmland. Is that right, James? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Really, ecosystem management is one of the things that Department of Defense is especially noted for uh, at a number of bases in the southeast, but especially the prescribed fire program here in Fort Stewart just really supports the biodiversity, the threatened and endangered species that you mentioned, but again, also a tremendous tool for wildfire hazard mitigation. So there was something interesting you and I chatted about, and Brian was there too, um, the carbon footprint. You know, people think that they see a large plume of smoke over Fort Stewart, which they often call the local TV stations to say, hey, there's smoke, who's burning? They'll call me, the TV stations, and I say, yes, it's us if it's during the burn season, which, Brian, I'm going to ask you when that is in a moment. But the plume of smoke, surprisingly, the carbon footprint is actually carbon neutral, James? Yeah, and there's uh, some really interesting research, and I, I can't quote who it's from, but they've done extensive studies of areas that are regularly prescribed burned. And even though, you know, there is carbon put into the atmosphere when a smoke or when a burn is carried out, the flush of growth that from the the ash that's created on the ground uh, actually, you know, sequesters carbon. So it it is apparently a carbon neutral, and there's indications that especially on you know, long rotation forests like what they're growing here at Fort Stewart that uh, may actually be a carbon sink even with the active prescribed fire that's going on now now I'm not a scientist and I can't give you you know the the literature but there's some some fascinating research that's uh, pointing in that general direction that is very cool and Brian final closing question for you when is the burn season and why is it called a prescription our burn season runs through December 1st through June 30th. Um, anytime during that frame, we could be burning across the training lands on Fort Stewart. Um, it is called a prescribed burn because we have a detailed prescription that lays out the weather parameters um, and smoke mitigation measures that we take when we implement a prescribed burn. That's absolutely fascinating. So folks, when you see smoke over Fort Stewart in those months, it's most likely us burning. You'll see a large plume of smoke overhead. It's because of the way we burn. What do we use to burn here, Brian? Uh, we use a helicopter. Uh, aerial ignition is the, is the safest and quickest way to accomplish a large acreage um, prescribed burn on Fort Stewart. So something about the color of the smoke, too, that we've talked about in the past. You can tell that we maintain our forests because the color of the smoke, it's not a thick black. It's more of a white, gray color, which means we're doing a good job, right? That is correct. The white smoke is... is shows uh, complete combustion and is light and wispy and gets moved off of the Fort, off of Fort Stewart pretty quickly. Um, if you see a dark black or a gray smoke, it's incomplete combustion or there's heavy um, carbon fuels being burned like actual trees. So we like to keep our smoke light and white um, to keep everything um, maintained efficiently on Fort Stewart. Absolutely fascinating. So folks, when you see the smoke that's light and white, where there's smoke, there's fire. So thanks for listening to this edition of the Marn Report. Brian, James, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Folks, this is Kevin signing off, and I'll catch you on the flip side.
Fort Stewart and Hunter Army Airfield visitors are now eligible to pre-register for visitor passes online through the Army's AIE Secure Web Portal. Simply visit pass.aie.army.mil and follow the steps to submit your info. If all checks are cleared, the visitor will receive a custom text message with pass approval notifications, as well as a pass start and end dates. The visitor can pick up their pass from the Visitor Control Center through one of the self-service kiosks or use his or her driver's license for access.